We are on week three of our new series in the book of Acts to the ends of the earth. Um, in, in starting this series, week one, uh, as we started in the book of Acts, we saw that Jesus was uh, about to leave his disciples, and uh, before he ascended, he left them with some directions, remain in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes, uh, and when he does, you will be my witnesses. Uh, you will tell others uh, what you've heard from me and what you've seen, who I am. Um, you, you will tell them the story of my life, death, and resurrection. Remain in Jerusalem uh, until the Holy Spirit comes. When he does, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus then ascended to heaven uh, where he is now, and he ascended with the promise that he would return. And that's something that we long for is the day that Jesus comes back. So the apostles, immediately, they obeyed Jesus. They went to Jerusalem uh, and they prayed and they waited. In week two of the series, we saw the Holy Spirit come and the Holy Spirit came with incredible power. The room that they were in and praying together in um, was shaken, the sound of the roaring wind and then tongues of fire coming down and the, um, the disciples who had gathered began to speak in tongues and the sound of the roaring wind and the disciples speaking in tongues filled the streets and drew a great multitude of people. Peter stood up and he bore witness um, to those who had gathered of who Jesus was and what he had done. He pointed the, the Jewish people who had gathered from all over the world um, to scriptures like Joel and how Jesus was the fulfillment of prophecy and how that day with the Holy Spirit coming was a fulfillment of prophecy. Pointed them as well to the Psalms and, and to David, prophecy from him. Jesus is the promised one. That was really Peter's message. His life, his death, his resurrection, all promised and all talked about in the Old Testament. On that day, a great multitude witnessed the work of the Holy Spirit, and they heard the preaching of the gospel. Um, they were called by Peter to repent, to believe that good news, and to be baptized. And that day, 3,000 people believed, and the church was born. Incredible day. This morning, we're going to pick up there and look at Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, and, and a passage that um, has been incredibly instrumental in how New City Church started and in who we are really now and what we do and the things that we dream of. So let's pray this morning and, and then jump into Acts 2, 42 through 47, and I ask if you would pray with me. Pray with me that the Lord would be especially good to us today, uh, that the Holy Spirit would teach us and uh, help us to see um, how the church started and what the church could be. Would you guys pray that with me? Yes, yes let's pray then. Father, we do come together. What a, what a beautiful privilege it is that, that, that we can each pray together for um, for one another, that we can pray for our city and all of our needs. Um, we pray especially for our time together right now in your word as we look at this first church. We pray, Father, that you would be 
especially gracious to us. Holy Spirit, we know that you are here and, and you are with us, that you, you teach, that you open eyes and hearts, that you bring conviction, conviction of, of, of sin and righteousness and judgment. And we pray that you would do that this morning. We pray that you would help us to see the beautiful start of the church by, um, by the grace of our Father, uh, by the power of the Spirit. We pray, Holy Spirit, that we would have eyes to see fresh and new um, what the church was and what the church could be. Help us. Help us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so um, I, I want to tie, as I mentioned, um, I want to tie this morning into the start of New City Church, and, and it's really um, who we are today, as well as how we got started. In 2007, um, I was on staff as a discipleship and missions pastor at a church here in Macon, um, and I began to grow increasingly uncomfortable with how church functioned. Now, I want you to hear me on this. I think that what God was giving me was, um, I call it a holy discomfort. Um, I, I think it was God just moving me from one place to another. I think it was, it was more that than it was any major biblical issues with the church that I was at. But more and more, it seemed that God was pointing me um, to be a part of starting a new church here in Macon. And I want you to also hear me on this. I really did not like the idea. And I, I, I didn't like the idea. And as I began to feel the Lord leading me to do that, I, I, my, my answer was no. Um, why in the world would anyone plant a church in Macon, Georgia, um, with so many churches already here and a church on every corner. Uh, but I couldn't, I couldn't shake the feeling, and the Lord just kept bringing people into my life to talk about that and books and articles and all sorts of things. I couldn't shake the feeling. So I moved, as I prayed about it and began to talk about it, I moved from no way, like, like you can really bargain with God, but that's what I was doing, You'll hear that a lot uh, as I talk this morning. I, I move from no way, no way am I going to plant a church to okay, maybe. Okay, God, maybe I will. But, but if I do this, here's the bargaining with God. If I do this, it has to be different. It has to be different. I, I didn't want to be just another church for church people. I didn't want to be just another church like every other church in Macon. So, so what I did then was say, as, as the Lord was continuing to move me, I, I set out to study fresh the New Testament church. And the New Testament church, they turned the world upside down. Uh, Christianity spread like a, like a wildfire, really, from Jerusalem and, and the place, the room where those 120 or so were gathered and spread through the entire world. So I, I wanted to study fresh the New Testament church. And this morning's passage was, was one of the, the key passages in saying, yes, Lord, I, I will do this. So let's read Acts 2, 42 through 47 together. Now, on that day, we've already talked about 3,000 people believed, and Luke writes immediately after that, 
And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Okay, so 3,000 people believed. 3,000 people believed on that first day, and they formed the very first church. The church of Jerusalem started with 3,000 people, and, and that was just the beginning. As we just read, the Lord was adding to their number day by day. So, so what can we learn from, from, from that first church? What can we learn from what we just read? First, like as, as, as I read this, um, the, the church was built on the gospel. This first, the, the, the very first church was built on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we saw that last week when we talked about Peter's sermon um, on the day that the Spirit came. His sermon was all about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, right? Um, the good news of the gospel is that, the life, death, and resurrection of, of, of Jesus. Jesus lived the life that we can't live, the life that's required for us to be at peace with God, that life of perfection that we have all failed to live. Jesus did that for us. He lived the life that we can't live. Jesus died the death that we deserve because of our sin, all of sin and come short of the glory of God, every one of us, and the wages of sin is death. And so Jesus died the death for us that we deserve so that we don't have to die um, that death and be eternally separated from God. On the third day, Jesus was raised from death, defeating death and sin and Satan, and he did all of that for us. Just like in Peter's sermon. He is the promised one of the Old Testament prophecies. He is the redeemer. He is the, 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 the forgiver, the reconciler of God and his people. And when we trust in his work, his life, death, and resurrection, instead of our own works, we are forgiven of our sin by Jesus. We are granted his righteousness. We are found in Christ. We are freed from our sin. We are freed from sin's curse, and we are made to be children of the Most High God. This is the good news of the gospel. This is what Peter shared on that first day when he stood up and preached, and more than 3,000 people believed. But we also see that same gospel centrality in these verses that I've just read. Verse 42 says they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching. Now, you might hear that and say, what does that got to do with the gospel? But what were they teaching? Right? What was it that the apostles were teaching this, this first church? They were doing what Jesus said. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, you will be my witnesses. You, you'll tell people about me, about my life, death, and resurrection, who I am and what I've done. That's what they were teaching. They were teaching the gospel. They, 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 they would have been teaching just as Peter had preached how Jesus was the fulfillment of those Old Testament promises. 
They would have been teaching what Jesus taught them and and all that they saw Jesus do. Uh, And and at least in part, that would have centered on one of Jesus' main themes as he preached, and that was the good news that the promised king had come and his kingdom was being established. They were teaching the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and how all of Scripture pointed to him. And the church... Luke says the church was devoted to this teaching from the apostles. Now, this word devoted, um, I I should mention, um, it wasn't just that they said, yes, I like that teaching. It wasn't just that they said, yes, that's good teaching, I concur with it. They didn't just give mental assent to the teaching that the apostles were giving them. They devoted themselves to hearing that teaching, meaning that they, they, they went out of their way. They were devoted. They were making sure that they heard the apostles' teaching of the gospel and learning it, but also following When you are devoted to a teaching, it means that you follow that teaching, and that's what this first church was doing. These first believers were devoted. They were committed to hearing and learning the good news of the gospel and how Jesus was the fulfillment of Scripture, and they were also devoted to following the the teachings of Jesus. They were also devoted to the fellowship, Luke says. And we we see this word oftentimes, fellowship, and we think of a church hangout with food, right? Some chicken and... That's not what they had in mind. The fellowship with them was was much greater than a church fellowship, whether we get where we gather for a little while and and have have food like a, a covered dish. The idea for them was a people who were bound together, incredibly strong by something that they all had in common. Um, the, 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 for them, it was the brotherhood that, that they shared in Christ. They were made a family. Um, the, The common bond for them was Jesus. Jesus himself and their faith in Jesus was the common bond. Rich or poor, living in Jerusalem or one of the Jews that had traveled from a, a, a great, great distance, they all found their commonalities in him and in the gospel. And so the gospel united them. They were united together in in the beautiful new truth that the promised one had come in his life, in his death, in his resurrection. They were united in their common need. They understood that they all needed him. They were sinners, broken and fallen, in great need of forgiveness and a savior, and they found that in him. In him they were made children of God. They, together, were made children of God. They were his people. They were his family. They were brothers and sisters with one another. And so when it talks about them being devoted to the fellowship, what Luke is saying is that they were devoted. They were committed to one another. Luke also says that for this first church, they were devoted to the breaking of bread. There's some discussion here on exactly what this means. What I believe that Luke is talking about primarily is the breaking of bread where the church remembers the gospel, right? We share communion every week at the close of our, our service, the Lord's Supper. 
They didn't celebrate communion in the same way that we celebrate communion with a piece of bread and and a cup of juice. They shared a meal together. It it became known as the love feast, right? They had a huge meal um, together with with their family, and they celebrated during this meal the provision of Jesus. They celebrated his life, his death, his resurrection, and they celebrated the promise that he would return again to ultimately finish what he had started and establish his kingdom in fullness. They were devoted to this. They were committed to gathering together to remember Jesus and sharing this meal with one another. Lastly, Luke mentions this. They were devoted to, um, to prayer. This isn't necessarily a gospel response, but it is an important part of who the church was and what the church did. And we'll see as we go through the book of Acts, the church continuing to gather together and pray together. Prayer was an important part of who they were and what they did. They depended on God. Prayer mattered to them. They devoted themselves to prayer. They devoted themselves to prayer. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread, this celebration of the gospel. They devoted themselves to the fellowship, the bond that Jesus had brought to to them, making them his people and and his family. They were committed to one another, um, and they they were devoted to the apostles' teachings, which again would have primarily focused on on Jesus as the promised one. So this first church was built on the gospel. The first church was built on the gospel, on the good news of who Jesus was and what he had done. Listen to me. This is huge. This is huge. The first church was not built on programs. Do they have a program for everybody in my family? Is there something special and entertaining for all of my children and for me and for college and for career and for this and for that and for they 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 didn't build their church on programs they didn't build I love our band I think they are incredible Uh, our singers and musicians it it, it is a, a gracious gift from God they did not build their church on a band on a record they, they, they didn't build the church on, on having, thank God for this one, a, 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 a wonderful world-renowned speaker. That, that's not what they built their church on. It was built on the gospel. God was building his church on the gospel. As I thought about starting a new church, for me, this was incredibly important. Lord, if I say yes to starting this new church, this... The, 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 the good news of Jesus must saturate everything about us. It must saturate who we are and everything that we do. I remember thinking, I don't want to be um, a, a, an, an entertainment factory. I don't want to be a church that is built on being the most entertaining place in town, having the greatest light show or, or, or a, a Sunday morning rock show. I want to be this. I want to be this church centered on and built on and never leaving the gospel. A church who, who mines the depths of the gospel like this first church obviously did as they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching in Jesus, right? I, I, I could see being a part of a church like this who was living in light of the beautiful news of Jesus, a church built on the gospel. Because this church was built on the gospel, 
and the deep belief that they obviously had in the gospel and all of the implications of the gospel, the gospel changed how they lived. That's something else we see here. We see that they're built on the gospel. We also see that the gospel changes how these people lived. Um, In these next verses, 43 through 47, I, I think we see how their lives were changed. Let me read this again. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. So Luke wrote in verse 44, all who believed, that's who makes up the church, all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were together and they had all things in common. I I think that what we begin to see in these verses is Luke fleshing that out just a little bit. What did he mean by they were together and they had all things in common? They were together. Now, remember, um, the church started with more than 3,000 people. Um, them, them being together, Luke is painting a picture for us uh, as, we, um, as we begin the book of Acts. W- what we will see is them being together unfold throughout the book of Acts, even into the uh, epistles when you read the letters uh, from Paul and, and Peter and the others. Uh, what, we, what we see is that who they were was changed. Their identity was changed. They, they began to live in light of what we were talking about just a moment ago, their faith that Jesus had made them family. They were together. Being together for them was more than a Sunday morning family. I, I, I grew up in church. I've always been in church, always been in church. And for the most part, with an exception here or an exception there, the the church family that I knew from the churches that I went to was Sunday morning family. And really, it was more like um, smiling acquaintances where we see one another in passing and we smile and wave and say good morning. Uh, Maybe shake hands, maybe give a hug, and then we don't see each other again until the next Sunday. That, that's, that's not what was happening here. This wasn't a, a, a once-a-week family or a, or a twice-a-month family. They were, they were family, and they knew one another deeply because they were more than a church family. Luke says then that they had all things in common. I want to give this a little bit of context as we talk about them selling their possessions. Many of these new believers came from other parts of the world, right? They had traveled to Jerusalem like It's sort of like us taking a vacation. Their vacation was to go to Jerusalem for Pentecost, and that was a part of their worship. It was a part of their life. So so they save up their money to go on vacation, like maybe we save up our money to go on vacation. They go on vacation. They have come from a long way away. They travel to Jerusalem celebrating Pentecost. They hear the gospel, and they become believers. Well, rather than going home right away, they stayed in Jerusalem. They stayed in Jerusalem so they could continue to learn from the apostles and to be a part of this first church. So they came and they were there without jobs. They were there without income. They were there without homes at this point. And so when this passage talks about selling all of their possessions and giving as there was need, this isn't a passage on us selling everything to take care of the poor. 
This was very specific to what was happening in the church. But what we do see in the church is that they were, they were family. And, and, and they were together as family. We see the gospel changing their generosity. They gave, they helped, they sold their possessions to help as those people in their new family and others as well, but especially in their family, had need. Now, Luke mentions as we go through this list of things and we talk about these, these two areas, them being together and having all things in common, um, Luke mentions that they were selling their possessions and belongings. Those two words likely mean real estate and personal belongings. They were all in with each other. They were distributing as there was need in the family. This actually fits both categories that we're talking about here. Being together is how they knew that there were needs. I want to say that again. I want to say it for a couple of reasons. Being together is how they knew there were needs. Now, if you're a part of New City Church and this is the only part that you are of New City Church... Don't be mad that you have needs that go unmet. Don't blame the church if you're not a part of a family. Right? There has to be more. They were together. They were together. The reason that they knew that there were needs is because they spent time together, because they did life together, because their relationship was deeper than a relationship on Sunday morning of saying, good morning, brother. The way that they distributed also, right? They, 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 they distributed to those who had need. They did that through the family. They did that through the family. In family, at least in a healthy one, when there is need, the family comes together to meet that need. What's mine is yours in a healthy family. These things that we have, we have in common in a healthy family. Now, Luke, Luke also says in 46 that they were attending temple together. They were attending temple together day by day. In Jerusalem, songs and prayers, several services every day uh, at the temple. And when they went to the temple, there were songs and prayers and worship and the reading of the word. And these first believers in Jerusalem went together to these services daily. It was a part of their life together. Also in 46, it says that they were breaking bread in their homes. Um, this means that they were opening up their homes uh, for the gathering of believers. They were sharing meals like we just talked about. They were remembering Jesus together uh, over these meals. And, and, and Luke says they did so with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. This, this is a picture of giving and sharing in the church, a picture of hospitality. In the church. This is, this is a people who were being changed by the good news of Jesus Christ. As, as, as we say um, in, in our greeting time, let's welcome one another as Christ has welcomed us. That's what they were doing in their homes. Like those weren't just words. This is an application of the gospel as Jesus welcomes us into his family. They were, they were opening up their homes to welcome others into the family. Some of, those, some of those they opened their home to, they knew. They would have known from Jerusalem, family and friends that they opened their homes to. But some of them they didn't. They were people who had traveled from all over the world. And yet their homes were open and their tables were set. And they were glad and joyful and generous as they gathered together in these homes. And then we see this as well, right? 
the life that they were living was not a hidden life. The life that they were living was not hidden. Others saw the changes in these people. Others saw their changes. They saw the new community. This community was lived out publicly. I don't, I don't, I don't think I can express, put into words what, 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 I, what I want us to see here. They, 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 there, was a, there was a new community. There was a new family, and these people were changed, and this family was changed, and they lived their lives publicly so that others saw. Others saw the love that they have for one another. Others saw the way that they, they served one another, the, the way that they shared with one another, the way that they celebrated together. It, it seems that their, their generosity and their joy spilled out beyond the home and, and, and overflowed beyond just believers because Luke says they had favor with all the people. They had favor with all the people, not just believers. What if, what, if a, what if a church lived publicly like that? I don't mean an institutional church. I mean, I mean our people. What if, the, what if the people that make up the church lived a public life like that? See, this gospel changed the, the, their lives, and, and their changed lives was evident to unbelievers, and God would use it. God would use it. He would use their joy and generosity. He would use their community. He would use all of that to draw others to them, and, and when they came, they would hear the beautiful story of Jesus. They would hear the gospel, and the Lord added to their number daily. The Lord Again, back to my story, as I'm studying the, the New Testament and I'm reading these verses and I'm digging into what they meant and what they looked like, Lord, Lord, I, I, I could do that. If you want me to plant a church, that's the church I want to plant. That's the people I want to be a, a, a part of. That's the church that turned the world upside down. They, they weren't about the great light shows. They weren't the best entertainment in town. They weren't about having all of the best programs and matching the church down the street or bettering the church down the street so they could draw some people from that church. They were about Jesus. That's what they were about. They were about Jesus. That, Lord, I can be about. This first church was, was built on the gospel. They studied the Bible, and, and when they studied the Bible, they always came around to Jesus and to the gospel, right? It, 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 was, it was creation and the good news of Jesus. It, it, was, it was Israel, and it wasn't Israel about Israel and how special they were. It was Israel and the gospel. It was the prophets and the gospel. It was, it was the law in light of the gospel. It was Jesus coming and the gospel. It was, it was Jesus returning and the gospel. Life as fallen people and the gospel. Sin and the gospel. Sickness and the gospel. Death and the gospel. Worry and the gospel. Fear and the gospel. Everything in light of the gospel. And as they believed that good news that, that Jesus was who he said that he was and, and that he had done everything that he said he would do and, and that he will finish what he started, as they, as they believed all of those things, their lives were changed. They were transformed by their faith in Jesus. They became, they became a family. They were together having all things in common. They did, they did cultural things together, right? They went to the market 
together. They did spiritual things together. They shared meals together. They met one another's needs. Listen, what they were doing in life, they were becoming a picture of the people that God intended us to be before sin entered into the world. They served one another as they were able Selling their possessions, opening, opening their homes, filling their tables with food and drink. And together they, they joined God in, in his great mission to redeem fallen and broken people. I, 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 I know that because, because we see it, because we, we know that it's the gospel message that, that makes people family. It's the gospel message that saves us. The church is made up of those who believe the gospel. And, and what Luke said was that, that the Lord was adding to their number day by day. Daily, these missionaries who lived together as family and served one another and the people around them, not only was their, their joy and their gladness with them, but it spilled over into other people. And the Lord was adding to their number because as people saw that and they were attracted to it, they were sharing the gospel with those people. And those people became believers as well. And the Lord was adding to the number daily those who were in the church. If you are, if you are a, a New City regular, I, I, hope, I hope that you see this already, but just in case you don't, they were a family of missionary servants. They were disciples making disciples. They were the church helping one another live in light of the gospel. They were the church helping others live in light of the gospel as well. They were the kingdom present and by God's grace through them God was changing the world that Lord that is a church that I could be on board with I spent months reading and studying the book of Acts and then the epistles and you see it again and again and again as you as you look at those New Testament writings the the first church was built on the gospel their faith in the gospel was genuine it was true faith they really believed it and because they believed the gospel and all of this uh, all of the implications that go with it their their lives were changed their everyday living was changed their everyday living was changed by their faith in the gospel, and they lived in light of that good news. They, they served one another because Jesus had served them, and they were, they were being shaped into his image, right? The image that we were meant to bear before sin entered into the world. We were, we were servants, meant to be servants. The gospel makes us family. And, and they believed it. They believed in this bond that they had in Jesus. They believed it so much so that they lived their lives every day like family. They saw the, the disciples' great commission as their commission as well. As, as you go, as you go about your life, make disciples of, of all the nations, all the people around you as you go, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that Jesus kingdom. They believed that they were a part of God's unfolding kingdom. They lived like it. They lived like missionaries in the everyday. 
so I, I ask myself at this point, as, I'm, as I am still debating a bit with God on whether I am going to be a part of this great idea that he had of planting a church that I thought was a terrible idea or not, why did they do it this way? Why did, they, why did the church do things this way? So I went back to the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and, and, and this, of course, is where those apostles came from and the first disciples came from. And what I began to see amazed me. In the, in the book of Acts, the, 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 the apostles didn't reimagine church. They didn't come up with a new way to do church. They did what those first believers, they did with those first believers, those first 3,000, they did what Jesus had done with them. They just did what they had learned from Jesus. When Jesus was with them, they did life together. All of the disciples were together. They were together doing life together, going to temple together, studying the word together, sharing meals with one another, meeting in people's homes, celebrating life events, weeping together, mourning together, praying together. They shared what they had, those first disciples, as Jesus led them. They had all things in common. They served one another. And not only did they serve one another, they served the multitudes. They served the multitudes who came to hear Jesus teach. The disciples devoted themselves to the teaching of Jesus and they shared the good news of Jesus with others as they went. The disciples did what Jesus had done with them. And the first church did the same thing. And, and, and when you read the epistles, you, you see the church continuing to do the same thing and that's what changed the world. By the power of his spirit and God's grace. So I, so I asked, Lord, how, how can we do that? We are a very different place than, than where they were. If doing church the way Jesus did with his disciples and, and they did with 3,000, if that is possible, what does it look like for us? So I began to dream about that. You see the progression? Me going from like, no way, God, I am not doing this terrible idea. So I began to dream, and I brought others into that dream and the discussion. What if we started home groups like this? The Church of Jerusalem started with 3,000. They had no building. And somehow, I don't know how because the Bible doesn't tell us, they broke up and they met in homes. I, I, I want you, to, I want you to, to imagine this with me, Right? Somehow 3,000 people and, and, and they're breaking up into homes. And in those groups, the people of the church, those first believers began to meet in, in, in home groups and they studied and they learned and they talked about Jesus and they shared meals together and they did life together. They really became family with one another. And in those homes, as they learned more about Jesus and they did life together and they, they raised their children together, they laughed together, they mourned together, they prayed together. And listen to me, when one house filled up, someone else opened up their home and another house church was planted. And as the Lord added to their numbers daily, Luke says, others stepped forward to open their homes and to share their resources and to see the kingdom grow and the gospel go forward. Y'all, that's our dream of missional communities. 
a, a people gathered and, and, and united by the gospel of Jesus Christ, a, a people transformed by that gospel, living out their new identities in Christ, family and missionaries and servants. New City house churches meeting in homes during the week, homes filled with joy and filled with generosity, people pointing others to Jesus, a church equipping disciples to make disciples, a people who are known in the community, a church having favor with all the people and the Lord adding to our number day by day, adding to the kingdom day by day as others hear the gospel and follow Jesus. No smoke and mirrors, no big-time entertainment, no, no programs for all ages. A church built on the gospel, changed by the gospel. What if we could do that? What if we could do that by his grace? What if, what if we could do that? Fourteen years later, I am where we started. What if we could do that? Let's try. Right? Let's try. let's, Let's try to be those people. Let's try to be that church, the church that 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 by God's grace changed everything. Let's be that. Pray with me. Father, what a beautiful picture that you give us in Acts. But it's still our dream. So I pray that you would remind us of this church, that you would remind us of a people who were changed by the gospel. Holy Spirit, not only that you would remind us, but that we too would be changed by this beautiful news. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray.